Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. Not through the work of man, any work of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Huntsaker, and this is our first episode of Season 2, Open Your Bibles. Now, instead of continuing with biblical principles and practices, as we did in Season 1, which we will return to, but for season two, we would like to begin to teach through the documents of Holy Scripture. There, of course, are 66 of them. And I chose for the first teaching the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians. And why did I choose Galatians? For several reasons, but mainly because the principles Paul presents to the Galatians are profitable for us today in providing a clear picture of the gospel and in standing firm in our faith, especially in a world determined to undermine the principles of that faith. Very common today. Paul visited Galatia during his first missionary journey around 48 AD and subsequently on his second and third journeys. You can read about those in Acts chapters 13 through 21. But as a result of Paul's visits, many people living in the Roman province of Galatia which is now part of Turkey, found faith in Christ. However, these new converts were surrounded by a pagan culture deeply entrenched in various religious views and practices, much like we see today. Many Christian cultures are surrounded by various religions and governmental views as well that are in opposition to Christianity. Now, this culture presented challenges, just as it does today, to the Christians in Galatia in maintaining their faith, and also to Paul in helping them to do so. So, Paul formulated this letter to help avert a breakup of believers that were being severely challenged. And he wrote it sometime around 49 AD, maybe the late 49, early 50s. So, Paul's writing here is part of a New Testament narrative. And Paul, Paul's work comprises about one-third of the New Testament narrative. And this letter to the Galatians is considered one of his earliest of 13. So let's go ahead and jump into the first five introductory verses. Now that you have a little bit of background on to who wrote this, when, and, and what the purpose of it was. So Paul begins his letter this way. He identifies himself. He says, Paul, an apostle, not sent from men nor through human agency, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forevermore. Amen. That's Galatians chapter 1, the introductory verses 1 through 5. So, we can see from Paul's introduction that he identifies himself as an apostle. Now, Paul, of course, is not one of the 12 original apostles, but an apostle nevertheless. He was essentially a, a little A 
apostle rather than a capital A apostle. The 12 actually met some pretty stringent criteria that really no one could meet after the crucifixion. So they were a unique group and they had specific responsibilities as well. The apostle that Paul is speaking of is simply an ambassador. It comes from the Greek word apostolos, and it it means someone that is sent out to represent another. In this case, Paul was saying that he was a representative sent from Christ, not from anything of man. He was not sent by a church. He was not sent by an elder of a church or a community. He was not even sent by another apostle. Specifically, he was not sent by one of the twelve. Christ sent him. That is also covered in the book of Acts. Now, the remainder of this introduction identifies four elements of the gospel, and they're not in order that you would expect of the gospel message, but they're significant points, and we'll point this out. The fact that Paul introduces the gospel early on here is a significant point because it is the gospel, and the gospel is the message from God that Christ brought. It is this gospel that Paul will emphasize throughout this whole letter. Now, first, Paul begins, as I said, a little bit out of order. He begins at the end of the gospel message with the resurrection. Christ was obviously teaching in the world and was crucified before he was resurrected. But he begins with that. He identified Christ as the one raised from the dead by God. In verse 1, remember, for context, the Galatians are surrounded by pagans with various views, some even within their own Christian conversion. Now, we know that the resurrection on its own is not the gospel in total, only a portion of it. The resurrection did not atone for sin, so to speak. So Paul moves from that portion to the beginning of the gospel with really a second element which is the very first portion of the gospel, which is the person of Jesus Christ. And he specifically mentions that it is through Jesus that the grace and peace of God will come. They are given through him. Then he moves to a third element, which you would expect a lot of new Christians to ask or be concerned with, which was, what was the purpose of Jesus's coming? Paul answers that in verses 3 and 4. He says to provide himself for the atonement of sin. Now, this would lead an early Christian, someone not very well versed in the teachings yet, to ask the question, well, to what effect? What is gained from Christ giving himself for our sins? Now, if you ask a Christian that today, most are pretty comfortable with that and with answering that but then but early on this was a very prominent question what was what is gained what is to be gained from Christ giving himself for our sins so paul answers this in the middle of verse 4 he says so that he might rescue us from this present evil age and so you see Redemption is a big part of this gospel message. So, so far, we have the purpose of Christ coming. We have his atonement for sin, which is the crucifixion. And we have the purpose of Christ. And we have the 
resurrection of Christ. Now, this rescuing us from the present evil age, this might lead another lead to another question, which might be, well, who decided that was a good idea? Because there, there must be an origin for this. Who pulled the trigger starting this whole shooting match? Well, again, we turn to verse 4, but this time at its end. And Paul writes, according to the will of God, of our God and Father. Now, that's significant on many levels, but for right now, it shows us that the crucifixion was not some random historical event. It just happened. It was predetermined because it was according to the will of our God and Father. It was determined in eternity past. God is eternal. By the sheer will of our infinite and sovereign creator to offer a path of redemption to his creation. Again, this is the redemption narrative. So in this introduction, Paul clarifies the gospel message. It is simply, he has a very simple explanation of it. It is simply the life, death, and resurrection of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Son of God. Now make no mistake here, folks. The cross of Christ is branded upon every believer and originated from the heart of God. So it cannot be altered in any way. And this is a point Paul will soon make in this letter. Now, let me make one final point because we got a very simple explanation of the gospel. But the final point here is, a, is that fourth element that I would like to capitalize on. Paul emphasizes this fourth element in verse five. It is significant to the entire biblical narrative. And I say that because remember, when we read scripture, we're reading it under the umbrella of a bigger narrative. It's like telling someone about your life in small portions to give them a, a bigger picture. So we always look at things of scripture, items of scripture, documents of scripture in that grander narrative. Now, notice here that Paul never gives any mention in the first four verses of anything associated with our contribution to the gospel. This is because we have no contribution. There is none. The gospel that Paul described that was given to him by Christ is entirely about what God has done for us, not what we could ever do for God, especially in terms of redemption. This is why Paul ended his introduction in verse 5 with this very significant fourth element. He says, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. To whom be the glory forever. Amen. That is the entire biblical narrative. It's one of redemption, but all based on God. So we can see all the glory of all things, especially the gospel message, all the glory, not some, but all the glory goes to God and it goes to him forever. There is no change to that. So then what goes to us? Because we like to read, especially as new Christians, we like to read the Bible like a yearbook and flip through it. Hey, where are we at in this whole thing? So from that context, by, uh, Paul anticipated that kind of question from these new qu uh, Christians that are 
are surrounded by a lot of pagans challenging their faith. They say, so what goes to us? If all the glory goes to God, then why? what's the purpose of the gospel? What, what goes to us? Well, Paul tells us in verse 3, he says, grace, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot have peace unless the grace of God precedes it. Grace and peace, folks, are precisely what Paul's letter to the Galatians is all about. And it's one of the reasons I chose to present it to you. We often forget what a simple message the gospel is. The person, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We forget what a simple message that is and what a monumental sacrifice that was made there. So let us rediscover the message of God's grace together as we journey through this beautiful letter and apply its lessons of the true meaning of the gospel. Thank you for listening and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bible, we will continue our study of Paul's letter to the Galatians, continuing in verse 6. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean today what it did not or ever meant then.